Listen, boys and girls. Now is the chance to make a difference for the whole wide world. It's the time and place. Ain't got time to waste. We want to make the community a better place. We want to do our best. We ain't trying to flex. We just want to make a difference. Put your mind to rest. Denver, Vegas, Orlando. Sit down. We about to start the show. Everybody's talking and the word is spreading fast. Yeah, it's time to listen to Dance Dad Podcast. 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 Hey, what's up, everyone? It's your host, Father of Four, Chris Starkey. Welcome to the Dance Dad Podcast. We are a podcast of expert dads who will offer up the greatest advice to dads around the world on how to navigate hard-pressing issues regarding your kids and wives that stop us every step of the way. So, fellas, let's say hi to my co-host. Give it up for father of two, Mr. Paul Dwyer. Hey-o! <laughs> and give, us, give it up for father of four? Three. Sorry, Clint Rudolph. Wow, there might be four. We're just not sure. (laughs) And how about father of three, Brian Smith? Yep, yep. All right. Fellas, how are you doing this week? Good, Good. Good. Uh, You having a good time being a dad? It's a little crazy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Last week we talked about uh, after school, or sorry, back to school with um, the clothes and all the above. How did you all make out? all that kind of stuff. Did you you guys do okay? Yeah. You did okay? Yeah. My kids bought a lot of... School clothes that they just wear in my house since they're learning from home. I did nice. not do okay. My no? daughter's in college. Oh. There, there is no okay. <laughs> well, I told my daughter no more tube tops, and she's 13. So I said, nope, not happening anymore on my watch. So, guys, let's get right into it. This week's episode is all about discipline, okay? Now, guys, we, especially being home right now, we are probably being engaged by our wives to discipline our children probably more than ever before. Am or right being disciplined by our wives. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Accurate. It's being disciplined Agreed. by our wives. And here's the thing, that we're all basically in our mid-40s to uh, mid-50s. Um, some of us look like we're in our 30s. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I didn't think you noticed. <laughs> but so, you know, when we were growing up, obviously we were disciplined maybe a lot different than how children are disciplined today. Am I right? Absolutely. Okay. Like, for example, I'll, just, I'll you know, sometimes my, my mother, if she got pissed off at me, she'd throw a brush at me. <laughs> she'd, she'd throw a shoe at me. <laughs> just, just to prove her point. So if they, do, any spankings around the table, guys? Do you oh. remember those paddle balls? Yeah. Little wooden paddle with the rubber ball on the rubber band? Yeah. So uh, that was my mom's favorite thing. That was what she took Donna the had. rubber ball off. And uh, she would whack my butt. She'd just <laughs> whack my ass with that paddle. And I remember that distinctly as a kid. And God, did it hurt. But I'll never forget. I, I can't remember what happened. I think I just said shit or something like that when I was probably 13 or 14. Yeah. And she went to get the paddle to smack me and broke it across my ass. Wow. Oh, nice. Ooh. That was like the day that I was like, well, I guess there's no more spankings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got, caught, I got caught stealing a pack of cigarettes when I was like 12. And uh, my, maybe even, yeah, about 12. And my dad, you remember how the yardsticks, now they're the, like the flimsy thing. You do this and they'll snap and break. The yardsticks used to be thick. Yeah. And he smacked, yeah, that was not good. That busted right across my, it didn't bust. My ass felt like it was busted right across my ass. Yeah, it hurt. Yeah. It hurt. And then I also got, I got a paddle from a principal at a school once. Ooh, this, the, the school reprimand. Yeah, they had to call my dad to get permission. I got in a fight in the classroom. And they they 
turned, bent me over and smacked my ass with a great big old wooden paddle. Oh man, that who, was wait, now who did that? Was it was the a principal, priest? The principal did. Was like, so public school? It was a public wow in public school they did that. Yes, that was in fifth grade. They called my dad and said, "Explain the situation, the fight that I'd been in, and why I was kind of to blame for it." And they said, "You know." He said, basically said, whatever discipline you think is necessary. They said, well, we have a, we do, we do still have paddles. He said, I'm fine with that. Wow. And so I, how many swats did they give you? Just one, but it, it was memorable. <laughs> so wow. I went to Catholic school. Those nuns used to wrap you all the time. Yeah, yeah they didn't have on to call knuckles? and ask your parents. Did, so, they, did they hit you on the knuckles? Oh yeah. One of my favorite <laughs> stories about Catholic school, if you remember, Paul will remember this. You will too. Me too. From Patent Leather School. Saint Philomena's. That's right. right. So yep. the clicker. Stand up. Sit down. Kneel. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I stole one of the nurses' clickers for school mass. Or nurses. The, one of the nuns' clickers so for school mass. So did you start clicking it? So <laughs> I was clicking, and people were standing up, sitting down, kneeling. And boy, did I get... I had both hands on the table, and the ruler just whack, whack, whack. <laughs> so, so two comments from me. It must have been a Catholic mom thing, because my mom also used a paddle board. Ball board. Yep. And uh, as far as the nuns in Catholic schools, we had a principal that when I was in seventh grade, um, she had a car antenna. They don't have those Ooh, anymore in cars. No. And she would whack you right behind your leg. No, <laughs> she did not do that with a car <laughs> antenna. Yeah. Like right out of Greece. Go get the aerial. <laughs> Man, that's rough. Wow. And what would and so when you came with you obviously had a massive welt on your leg, right? Yeah. And did it bleed ever? No, it just bruised. I mean it got swollen and then bruised and then it, it was, was it was a badge of courage, Chris. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and what would your parents say after that happened? Are you kidding me? The first day in first grade, my mom dropped me off, and she said to the nuns, whatever he does, go ahead and whack him. No, you him. know what his mom, you know his mom, when his mom, when he walked in with that welt on his leg, his mom first thing said, what did you do? <laughs> wow. No, you know what she did? She went right to the top of the fridge and grabbed that wooden paddle. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the start of it. <laughs> so, Paul, you and I went to the same elementary school, St. Philomena's, yes. uh, back in the day. It's a Catholic school. And I only went for a couple years. But in that two years, I did get swapped once. Is that a word? Swapped? Swapped. Swatted. 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 Thank you. Swatted <laughs> once by Miss Erpner. It's Ertmer, not Ertmer. I hated that lady. Anyway, she hopefully loved she's me. not listening. Rest in peace. Uh, yeah. Oh, she she, she, she has passed. Yes. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway, I loved her. By the way, did Go you? Ahead. Ahead. Okay. Well, Miss Ertmer, Ertmer. Okay. She Ertmer. Thank you. Whatever the hell her name was, <laughs> the, the old bitch. But <laughs> no, this. So so the deal is is that I forgot to put my name on a test. And she, I guess she was in a bad mood. She had a ruler, and she she spanked me. And so my parents, when I told them, they came to the school, and they went off on this lady because, you know, obviously they didn't agree with it. Um, and that was my last year at St. Philomena's. Explains a lot why you're so soft. <laughs> Apparently your parents never spanked your ass enough. <laughs> no, I just had brushes and shoes thrown <laughs> the at me. The boomerang shoe. Did, I, yes, did yes, anyone yes. have any of that in high school? Huh. I had a pro, I had one high school teacher that threw an, uh, an eraser board, uh, the eraser. Would ch- he in choir class? If you were talking when he was doing something, he'd fling an eraser at your head. Seriously? Oh, so wow. the last the last couple of days, there's been a ton of talk about the chair throwing debacle, right? In the Clippers uh, locker room after the game, being pissed off that wah, the Nuggets wah, beat them. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. And uh, my theater teacher in high school. Uh, who's the reason I did theater today. He was best friends with the baseball coach. That's the whole reason I started so we doing have theater him, to begin with. We have him to blame? We have him to blame. <laughs> and uh, he came in. We were doing, I can't remember if it was 
patent leather or the mystery of Edwin Drood, but I screwed up a scene, like total Paul Dwyer chewing on the scenery, <laughs> like, you know, screwed yeah, up the scene. Right. And uh, he comes in, and we're in the, you know, it was, a, it was the music room, but we called it the cast room where we had meetings and notes and that kind of thing. And he just picks up chairs and starts chucking them at me across the room. <laughs> I'm talking about chairs like this, like, you know, the stackable plastic chairs with the metal legs. Wow. And he literally is chucking these things across the freaking <laughs> room at me. He was so mad. And the only other time I remember discipline in high school, I went to a Catholic high school, Regis, all boys, Jesuit. And I'd never been around that many priests, right? Like my whole life in the parish that I grew up in, it was the same priest from the time I was could remember it to the time I went to high school. And uh, I won't say his name, but there was a priest who was a gigantic man. He was probably 6'7", 350 pounds, and he had this super deep voice. It's freshman year. We're sitting at the old little wooden desks. Father Jumbo. And he picks one up. And he, listen, you parakeet dicks. Nobody better write fuck on the top of these desks. <laughs> and I had never heard a priest cuss before, and he literally picked it up with me in it. Like, I'm in the desk, and he picks me up off the floor, like, to, to show the class. And I was scared to death. I went home and told my mom, I'm like, maybe Regis wasn't a good idea. It scared how, the how, hell out of me. How did this priest know that you had a parakeet dick? Uh, interesting. <laughs> that is crazy. So it, it leads, leads me into the first uh, topic at hand besides being, you know, disciplining our children. In your household right now, who is the one that rules with the iron fist? Is it you? Is it your wife? Which one? Well, my kids are gone now, but when I was, when my wife and I, my first wife and I were married and had the kids, I was definitely, she was the one who would chastise. I was the one who had to bring down the discipline. Okay. For sure. Paul? Um, My wife runs our household, but. No, uh, say it ain't so. When it comes to uh, disciplining the kids or, you know, uh, vocally, you know, telling them to stop it and settle down, it's me. Okay. And in fact, my daughter thinks, my 14-year-old daughter thinks that I'm mean. Okay. Have you ever spanked your kids, Paul? I have never spanked my kids. Oh. Clint, what about you? Who, who rules? Hmm. It's interesting. I'm definitely the iron fist one. My wife is... She's a little soft-hearted. She's, she's like, lets them get away with murder. Um, but I will tell you that when she's pushed to the brink, they're far more scared of her than me. Ooh. I'm the one who's loud and yells all the time when they do stuff. Quit disrespecting your mother like that, where right. she's like, can right. I please don't do that? But when they actually push her to the brink, because she, does, she doesn't yell and be loud and obnoxious like me, when she does, Watch they out. run. What about, what about your house, Chris? <laughs> uh, you know, my wife is the person that just gets annoyed about everything, and I kind of pick my battles and come down on my, come down on my kids when, when need be. I, Let's I, go back to that. Your wife gets annoyed at everything? She really does. It's, <laughs> it's, She's it's, married to you. Yeah, she is married to me. She does get annoyed uh, a lot. Uh, but going back to your question, Brian, about the spanking, and also our listeners, we want you to weigh in. Please email us and let us know how were you disciplined back in the day? Um, if you were our age or 30s or whatever, or even how do you discipline your children now? And speaking of disciplining, spanking. You know, I was, you know, I definitely was spanked when yeah, I was a kid. Absolutely. Were you guys spanked? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yes, I was spanked. And it's crazy because now if you hear of a parent spanking a child, you're, you're going to have social services on your doorstep. It's, it's amazing to me. Somebody posted on Facebook a few weeks ago about how they talked about how when they were growing up and they got spanked. And the comments that came back to them were like, 
I've never felt it necessary to strike a child because I was like, are you kidding me? It's not child abuse to spank them on their butt. You're not whooping them. You're just, it's a little bit of pain to enforce. (laughs) Zero problem with spanking. Zero problem. My wife uh, hates that I, uh, so I haven't spanked my kids as in on the butt since they were probably one or two, right? It's like the kind of thing. Yeah, the swat on the butt. Swat on the butt. Through the diaper kind of stuff. But my wife gets super annoyed. Like Kyle talked crap to his mom. And she, like, he'll be sitting at the table. And I, I learned this from my grandfather and my dad. I'll just cuff him across the back of the head. Oh, yeah. And my wife loses it. Why are you hitting him? And now my son's like, it's child abuse. I'm going to call oh, the police. God. I'm like, do the it. Other, <laughs> the other thing we do is we put a side of the foot in the butt. Okay, so <laughs> there's, a, there's a line, guys. There's a line that we need to talk about because, absolutely, you know, right now, you know, and I'm not sure if this is because there's a lot more access to, well, you people, know, everybody's stuck at home, and, man. And the internet and, you know, social media. Um, but what is the line? What if you, okay, and let's, let's create a diff, couple different scenarios. Let's say that your child, um, 13 years old, um, decided to lease, you know, skip out of the house and they come back at one in the morning. Is that a spanking situation for a thirteen year old? Thirteen is a little old for me. Okay, what's the line? What's the age line? Yeah, I was gonna say I think I think, I think the think, line is drawn by the age. Yeah, I think it's okay. six, six, seven, eight year old is about where I would stop with a, okay. a swat or even a like I said, side of the foot. Okay. I think six six or eight year old. You know, it's interesting as far as disciplining. Um, last year I taught in the Cherry Creek school systems and I had to get trained and one of the th- I spent a day learning this, but in a nutshell, if a student is running down the hallway acting inappropriately or if he's hitting somebody, you can't physically touch them. You have to say, please settle down. Please settle down. You can't wrap, like if there's a fight, you can't wrap your arms around and hold, hold a kid? It, it, there's a gray area there. But, I mean, as far as, you know, you'd think you could grab somebody, you know, on the shoulders. or So, uh, even in schools now, we were joking about how the teachers were rapping us. In schools now, they can't even get close to your oh, kids. No. no, my dad was a high school teacher, and that's part of the reason he quit. Uh, way back in the 70s, early 70s, was he had kids that were wanting to fight him, and he said he was so close to knocking a kid out that he finally said, i got to get out of this business. Wow. That's crazy. Okay, so he watched other teachers get in trouble. So 13 and 14, okay. So I guess a traditional discipline would be grounding. Right. I mean, is it okay? So let's ask this question right now, because when I was a kid, when I got grounded, I couldn't watch TV. I couldn't, you know, obviously I didn't have access to a phone. So I just had to sit there and read or I had to, you know, do the dishes or do chores. So now if you ground a kid, it doesn't necessarily mean the same thing. uh, Unless, of course, you take all the devices and all the above. And even then, there's so many Act, in ways to access information. So do you fellas think, and those listeners out there at dancedad at gmail.com, please weigh in, do you feel grounding works right now? For me, I think it does. The, the weird part is that, like you said, grounding for us was way different, right? When I grew up, we didn't have TVs in our own rooms. We didn't have our own phones. We didn't have these devices. Grounding for me meant I couldn't go out and play ball with my friends. It was boring. Grounding for me meant you're not going to basketball practice. Right. You're not allowed. You screwed up bad grades or you got in trouble at school or you smacked your sister or whatever, I wasn't going to play basketball. I wasn't getting to do extracurricular things, no play dates, no sleepovers. Like that was grounding and that was atrocious, right? But 
especially in these times now with COVID, that doesn't work. They're not, <laughs> they're not hanging out with their friends anyway. Right. Right. And so the hard part about this is in normal times, I would say for me, what works best with my kids, 11 and 13, is taking away devices. Right. What I quickly learned, though, is that it can't be one. Right. Like we were like, OK, is there a severity here to the grounding? So we'd be like, no more video games. You can't play Xbox. So he'd go to his room and he's got a freaking phone and an iPad and a computer that he's playing games on. So for us, it was like all devices are gone. That's, that's what why, it is. That's why that CenturyLink feature now where you can just turn off your Internet exactly. is a great thing. I absolutely love it. But here's the hard part during COVID. That's also their only access to the outside world. Right. So like Leslie and I were talking about it. We're like, OK, so if we ground them and take stuff away, they, they can't even get like FaceTime calls, Zoom calls with their friends. Like, isn't that is part that, of grounding? I, I don't know. What I'm saying is in this time when you've been home for six months without being able to see anybody anyway, is that grounding doing more harm than good? I think for that, I think the duration is what would be important to that. I mean, if it's one night of, I'm sorry, no FaceTime, no nothing, no no social interaction whatsoever, period. You're in your room. You can play with your Legos, whatever. Um, But yeah. Totally agree. My my default is always a week. So that's why we were like, maybe a week's a little hard. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Well, one of my issues is with that is that uh, my kids are unfortunately having to stay at home and study. They can't get into school right now. And so if we turn off the internet, they can't do their homework. Well, you can turn it off after they're done with their schoolwork. Yeah. Yeah, but... Just have to monitor that. That, that, that requires say, work for you as a parent, right. right? Well, exactly, because, you know, once it's on, they're going to maybe right. be... We set, we set timers at our house. So the internet is on for them for school between 7.30 and 3.30, and then it's done. Wow. And then they can get back on at 7.30 at night until 8.30 at bed, and then it's done. Every night, whether it's punishment or not. Right, that's just the rule of the house for internet period. God, I wouldn't want to be Gosh. in your house. <laughs> Guess we know who rules with Iron Fist at your house. All right. No wonder you don't answer my emails. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break on, on the uh, Dance Dad podcast. Um, when we come back, we're going to find out from the fellas what's the worst thing that your children have done that deserve absolute discipline Ooh. right after this break. And now back to Dance Dad podcast. Let's hear from this week's wife voice of reason. Reason. reason and welcome back to the dance dad podcast well we have myself clint paul Bryan, discussing today disciplining our kids and so right before the break i asked the fellas what is the worst thing that your children have ever done that absolutely deserve the ultimate punishment oh. okay we'll start with you clint my little ones are too young i think to have ever gotten there yet but my oldest who's 23 now went to a catholic high school Mm -hmm. and three weeks before graduation she got a bunch of money for a birthday or something like that and had been saving it up and three weeks before graduation she goes and gets a sleeve tattoo not allowed in the catholic school you cannot have visible (laughs) tattoos wow and she got a shoulder to wrist sleeve wow i lost my my, I, <laughs> and what, what was like? What was there verbiage on it? Content? What was yeah, on I mean, it? She's an artist, so she had designed it. Proud of it, whatever. Like it was in ridiculously intense. It was an anchor, right? And so when you look at it, like especially she was seventeen at the time, and I'm like, what in the actual did you just do? It's an anchor that said, if you, "Mom." If you get kicked out of school three weeks before graduation, and I've wasted. a month for four years and you're not going to get a degree, I will 
foot in your ass yeah. is about uh, how that's going to end. I was I was beyond livid. Okay, nope. and what was what was the punishment? I don't think she left the house for probably six months. <laughs> Seriously, no, so so she was around for six months. Maybe it wasn't six months. Is. Felt 15 like years ago, but it was a while. Like was it? I okay. told you my go-to's a week. That yeah. wasn't a week. Okay. All right. Well, Paul, what about you? I'm not going to say which kid did this. Oh, come on. Out him. Out him. But, um, you know, uh, one time my wife dropped off um, she who shall not be named. And um, <laughs> it was in the morning because she was taking choir or something uh, before school starts. Could it rhyme, rhyme with Maleka? <laughs> And so Penny watched this person that shall not be named. She watched this girl, I mean, this person walk through the door of the school and Penny drove away. And as soon as Penny drove away, this woman, this young girl, (laughs) walked out the door and met her friends outside on the grassy knoll and just hung, hung out. And later, when Penny was volunteering at the school, the music teacher said, is Becca feeling okay? And she said, yes. And she said, why? She said, well, she didn't come to choir this morning. So, yes, that Your was... Your kids have really been rebels. Yeah, that's I'm just crazy, telling you. Paul. <laughs> wow. Okay, so so that for that unbelievable uh, moment, sin. sin in their life, what was their punishment? Um, this person that shall not be named, she was not able to uh, see her friends. Uh, oh, for a week. I thought Strict you were going to say house. something like that they, they couldn't have French fries with their McDonald burgers. They, <laughs> they, they, you, Iron they, fist. Yes, you're rough. That, I, that, okay, Seleka, don't ever do that again. <laughs> Brian, to you. Yeah, this one's an easy one. Uh, my oldest, Mason, God bless him, he's a great kid, but his senior year of high school went to a Halloween party at a friend of our, my, my, my wife and I's house. And so while he was there, you know, he was acting funny, didn't really want to wear his costume. And uh, she was sending us pictures of all the kids in the costumes and never saw Mason. I finally said, I called her and, and, and said, hey, uh, I need to talk to Mason real quick. And she goes, okay, hang on a second. And she wandered and got back on the phone about five minutes later and said, uh, Mason's not here. He was here. He's not here. And um, so... Uh, I called Mason, and he answered the phone. I said, hey, how are you? He said, good. I said, you having fun? He said, yeah. I said, hey, would you do me a favor? Go uh, go grab Connie. I need to talk to her. And he goes, hang on a second. And then I heard scuffling, scuffling, and and then he he got back on the phone about 15 seconds later, and he had obviously gone outside because he knew he was going to get busted. He said, Dad, I'm not at the Crane's house. And I said, yeah, I know. Get your butt home. And he said, I can't. he said, why is that? He said, I've had way too much to drink. So he was smart in saying that. He was honest, at least. He was honest. So I drove to the party and got him. Um, he was waiting for me outside. We got in the car, did not speak on the way home. On the way home, we had to pull over so that he could throw up. Um, oh. Yeah. And so by the time we got home, my, my temper's here. And I just told him, go to bed. We'll talk in the morning because I knew that I would say awful things. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So it was the same thing. I mean, it was a senior of high school. I can't, I'm not spanking the kid. Right. But uh, took the phone away, took car privileges away. The only thing he could do was, I, I, would do, I didn't want to punish his team because he was a sports player. So I told him, you go to sports, you go to school, you go to work, you come home. The phone stays with me. Right. And how long did that last for? Oh, it was probably, he was genuinely sorry, but it probably lasted a week. 
Okay, so if this will make my story better, um, my child who was in third grade that walked outside and sat on the grass, they might have been drinking too, all right? I'm just going to say Oh, sure they were. <laughs> in third grade. Wow. Well, okay, my, mine is with my oldest, Sage. Um, he, uh, you know, calls himself the ladies' man, so I caught him downstairs hooking up with uh, a girl. <laughs> like, like kissing or? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to out him on. <laughs> It wasn't pretty. So, so um, basically, um, I asked the young lady to <laughs> to leave. Uh, Put your clothes on, <laughs> then leave. <laughs> yes, and um, he did. He basically did a whole bunch of outside outdoor. Like, how do you? It's hard. That, uh, you know, something like this is hard for a dad. It's it's not hard if if this would have been a girl, but you know, oh, a dad's really? son. What? I know, of course, I know that's what I'm saying. But but like you know, for a son, you know, you're, you're you know, it, okay, it's cool, yeah. <laughs> so, but you don't want to be that guy, right? <laughs> okay, and let's talk about it. so like if it was a, if it was a girl, it, you know, do we treat our girls when we discipline them differently than we treat our our sons? Yes, hundred yes. percent. Okay. <laughs> All of us are hands up. I think everyone does to a certain extent, right? Right. Yeah, I think you're right. So speaking of the uh, of females, we have the beautiful, the wonderful Brian Smith's wife, Angie, on the phone with us right now. Hi, Angie. How are you? Uh, thanks. I'm good. How are you guys? We're good. We're good. So, Angie, we're talking about disciplining our kids. Now, um, throughout the podcast, we've heard the dad's perspective of how we've gone about doing this and uh, lots of great insight. But of course, we always want to hear from the ladies and of course, our wives on how they would have, you know, you know, created a disciplinary situation. So let's first talk about... Well, let me ask her because yeah, we, because Angie and I are from separate families at that right. point in time. Angie was in your household with you and Russ and the kids. Who was the major disciplinarian between the two of you? Well, I would say I was because I was with the kids more. But, um, you know, when there was definitely, a, <laughs> when the hammer had to come down, Russ was like, hey, this, this is what's going to happen. And, you know, they were much more likely to not try to get away with things with him because, uh, yeah, he, he made sure that, uh, <laughs> that he implemented what he said he was going to do. So. But I, you know, the day to day, I was there more just kind of, you know, running the circus. Sure. All right. So, Angie, um, knowing that uh, you just heard the question, you know, the boys versus the girls in terms of disciplining, um, you have boys and girls. Do, do you find it different to discipline a boy versus a girl? Well, yeah. I mean, every kid is different. So it was honestly harder to discipline my girl because she was more sly and tended to not tell me the truth all the time. Evan couldn't lie to save his life. So I always <laughs> knew he was lying. So he, he was just pretty much up front and, and it was pretty quick and easy. And, you know, for him, it was take away the things that he liked to do. And that annoyed him. And, you know, but then he got back on track because he's like, yeah, I want to play my video games. I want to ride my motorbike. Um, with Ellie, it was more just trying to get the truth out of her and, you know, get the facts. So we knew how to proceed. <laughs> wow. It seems like um, you, you spent a lot of time just being a good parent. 
<laughs> taking the time to listen, I guess, as opposed to maybe the dad approach. Am I right? Well, you know, I read all the books. Like back when I was raising my kids, it was called Love and Logic by Foster Klein and Jim Fay, and it was talking more about... Hey, Angie, like, An- Angie, <laughs> is this going to be a long story? Because I'm already getting bored. <laughs> 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 no, it really was just about grow from your mistakes, make your kids responsible, you know, let them learn from their consequences and choices, of the choices that they're making. Sometimes I would just say, hey, what do you think your punishment should be? And Ooh, I like oftentimes that idea. They, they would give me a punishment, you know, much greater than what I would have thought up. Yeah. I'm like, hey, yeah, let's go with that. You know, and then they're like, dang, I wouldn't have spoke up, you know. Um, oh, so. stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Angie, I mean, you obviously were an amazing mother. Um, you still are an amazing mother, an amazing individual, a beautiful woman, might I add. Brian did yes. very well for himself. Um, so one of the things we talked about was spanking, um, and physical punishment. What's your take? Well, my kids, when they were young, we were in Boulder County, so that was not a cool thing. Um, I had friends who spanked their kids in Walmart and they got followed to the bathroom because people did not think that was cool. Unbelievable. So I, I never, I never spanked my kids in public. Were there a couple times I spanked my kids as youngsters? Yes. And it was usually when they were in a dangerous situation, for instance, maybe a two-year-old getting ready to walk out to the street or run out to the street, and they just needed to know, you know, that that is not a no-go. Like, you can't do that. Well, it's, it's funny, know, Angie, because so. one of the things we talked about how spanking and, you know, punishments like straps or whatever are generational. When you were a kid, did you get spanked? I mean, did your fan, did your mom and dad believe in spanking all you kids? Either seven of you or six of you, seven of you? Yes. Yes. But it was different. Again, it was different with the girls versus the boys. Um, so yeah, we got spanked, but I, you know, I very rarely spanked my kids beyond, I would say three or four years old because it wasn't necessary. After that point, you could reason with them, you know, a little bit more. Um, but even as youngsters, I didn't really do it that often. It was more, like I said, when it was a dangerous situation and they just needed to know, like right then there's no reasoning. You have to make a choice, you know? Angie, can I ask you a question? When was the last time, when was the last time you were spanked? (laughs) I'm not going to answer that question. Good answer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Angie, that is some amazing insight from, again, a fantastic mother. Let's hear it for Angie. Yay! Thank you. Thank Angie, you. we appreciate you being on the Dance Dad podcast. And uh, what are you doing this weekend with your hubby? Do you know? Uh, well, he's working tonight, so I'm going to go do some happy hour with some friends. And honestly, we haven't talked about the weekend. Hopefully, I hope something fun. Like, I want to go hiking or something before the weather hey, turns. Hey, Angie, again. Angie, is this a long story again? No, we love you, Angie. We love you. We we have have an amazing weekend, okay? Thanks, Angie. Thanks, you too. All right, bye-bye. There you have it, a female perspective. That's awesome. All right, we're going to be back with Mama Knows Best right after this commercial break. Mama Knows Best when times get hard. And Mama always has a joke to make me laugh. Always keep my feet on solid ground. Why? Because Mama knows best. 
And we're back. Oh, it's one of my favorite segments of the Dad Dance Podcast. It's called Mama Knows Best. Yes. Oh, my boys. Thank you, my boys. Hi, Susie. Hey, Sue. Yes. Hi. The beautiful, the lovely Sue oh. Lisa. Sue, how was your week? You don't want to know. Okay, then great. I won't ask. One of those. I say, I say, don't ask, don't ask, don't tell. Yeah, it's okay. one of those. Well, you sound good, so that's all that matters to us. Thank you. Um, Thank so, you. Sue, um, this yeah. week we have been talking yeah. about discipline, disciplining okay. our kids, um, the struggles that potentially as dads that we have. We had Brian's wife on Angie talking about a female perspective, but now we want to hear it from our wonderful Mama Knows Best segment, Sue Leeser, telling us back in the day. First of all, let's talk about when you were a kid. So when you well, got... Well, you really want to know about discipline when I was a kid? Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. I went to boarding school most of my life. The last boarding school I chose to go to um, was my senior year in college, in, in high school. But before that, we were on a system called correctives. It was like demerits. And if you got 10 correctives or plus, you had to work off one corrective each 10 minutes. Okay. I used to have at least 300 a week. <laughs> Holy <laughs> crap. She was a troublemaker. Yeah, well, listen, one time I got caught hitchhiking. No. One time I got, oh, yeah. I hitchhiked from Elgin, Illinois to Chicago, Illinois. Wow. In the back of a truck. You think I was, you know, some nice little kid? I wasn't. Were you showing some uh, leg to get that ride? Uh, no. <laughs> some gams. <laughs> some gams. <laughs> not in those days. Not in those days. Okay. Uh, you know, I got caught uh, with my lights. I, no matter what you did at that school, it was... It was corrective time. And so we did things like washing the floors, picking dandelions, uh, washing Venetian blinds. I never washed so many Venetian blinds in my whole oh, life. I love this. Yes. Floors, this sounds like Clint's, Clint's house. Was there any kind of <laughs> carnal punishment, though? I mean, was there any kind of like spanking or belts? No, no, absolutely not. However, however, you know, when I got married and had children, uh, I think I was pretty hard on my kids. And one time, um, my oldest daughter, Taryn, did something. We were still living in Chicago. She did something that really just got to me. And I looked for something to pick up. So I picked up a, um, a box of tinfoil. And I went chasing after her. And I wound up what we called a patch in the tuchus. That's a, a hit on the tuchus. And I hit her with the, the box of tinfoil. <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute. The cutting edge went through my thumb and I wound up in the hospital. Oh, <laughs> karma. <laughs> so do you think do you think I learned a lesson? We hope so, you terrible hey, mother. Hey, I, I wanna ask you, when you were in school, Susie, would you ever be disciplined um, psychologically? Like if you got in trouble, would they say you have to write a letter to President Lincoln? <laughs> Hey, <laughs> you want to know, you want to hear that story too, Paul, because it involves you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Sue, so, um, we know you were, uh, you know, a tough mother, but I think, you know, it's good to be tough, you know, with, I think we could use some toughness with some of our kids today. So we want to know your opinion. Our entitled little shit. Yeah. We want to know, <laughs> how do you feel the parents of today? What's your opinion about the parents of today and how they're raising their kids? 
Well, I have grandchildren, and I I see how my kids discipline their children. Um, you know, what do they do? They take away the computer. They take away their iPhone. Give uh, them a timeout. That, that's when they were little. Timeout doesn't do crap. Absolutely is worthless. Uh I, I would say the worst thing is taking away the computer, taking away television, taking away their telephone. Right. And what do you think of that? Do you think well, it works? Uh, quite honestly? Yeah. No. Okay. So if you were a parent today, what would you do? Boy, that's a good question. I think maybe physical work. Uh, and Chores. I I, well, yeah. Uh, Shoveling, mo- moving on. a pile of dirt from here to there, anything like that. That's great. Well, they well, still make tinfoil, though. Oh, yeah, they sure do in the <laughs> get those containers. Oh, my God. Um, I'll never forget that. As well. I have the scar to prove it. Okay, so you, you'd uh, create some hard labor for the kids of today to, to, well, to shape and you know, ship shape them, right? And, I, and I'm, I'm thinking, is this viable? I, You know what? Quite honestly... I am not sure. I think if a kid drives, you take away the car. Um, you know, that's a terrible punishment for a 16-year-old kid. It is, yeah. Uh, but for younger kids, I, I don't know if really and truly if anything works. If you tell them, of course, now you can't tell a kid they're grounded because they've been grounded for six months. Right. <laughs> oh, good point. I didn't even right. think about that. And nothing wrong, like so, you said, though, nothing wrong with scrubbing a toilet or, you know, whatever. Well, I mean, I had to do that. Uh, do you think it stopped me from getting future correctives? No, it certainly didn't. <laughs> but I don't know about kids today. I, I I think about my own grandchildren, making them clean their room. I, I made my, my oldest grandson clean his room once he didn't forget it for his whole life. Wow, okay. I, well, I, my kids always I, had to clean their room. Oh, jeez. Bobby's I getting really tougher. I really don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you can take away from a kid or how you can discipline younger than a teenager. I truly do not know what parents can do. Susie, it's funny you bring up the cleaning the room. Uh, I told a story earlier about how my mom used to spank me with a paddle ball paddle. And uh, when I was about 13 or 14, she broke it across my butt. And that was the last time I ever got spanked. But what she did do is it's not just about cleaning your room. This is what Cindy was famous for. So I would never clean my room the way she wanted, right? You're stuffing shit in drawers and under beds and whatever. And my mom (laughs) would warn me once. And I would come home from school and she'd say, told you. And she would empty every drawer of every dresser take everything out from under my bed, take everything out from the closet and pile it in the middle of the room and said, oh my God. you're not doing shit until that's all put away where I want no, it. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, Love that one. Now, Never it, forgot it, it. Never forgot it. Never forgot it. Yeah. Susie, are you completely against, I mean, like when a kid's four or five years old and totally disobeying or about to run in the street or whatever, are you completely against a, just a, a swat on the butt? Well, my kids got plenty. Plenty of things, but I don't know if it made a difference. Yeah, that's true. I, the thing is, I did it make a difference, or did they hate their parents? I, I wish I, I wish I had the answer for that. Let's call um, Stephen. <laughs> you could certainly call. You know what? Believe it or not, Stephen never got 
I mean, he was the perfect child. Oh, oh give me a break. My daughter. Your daughter was on, differently. My son was on TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, so no. what, do we, what do we learn today from Mama Knows Best? We've learned that in when she was growing up that she was quite the uh, rec- the yeah. reckless troublemaker yeah, yeah, yeah. and we know oh, what, was I ever yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and when she was uh, a mother that she uh, always got in fights with uh, rolls of Reynolds rap and, um, <laughs> and and we've learned that her favorite child was her, her son Stephen and her favorite grandchild is Stephen's son so it's <laughs> oh, oh no no so, no but you know there are just I don't know whether shaming a kid. I don't, I truly don't know. You don't want your kid to hate you. But I, I'm, not pos- I'm not positive if you can sit down with the kid and say, look, this is what it's all about. I this is you. what's going to happen. Yeah. I, maybe if I had done a little bit more of something like that. Uh, well, you I should have been a better mother, does. Sue. Shame on you for, for <laughs> well, being so terrible back in the day. And I think you're on with the shaming thing because we shame Paul and he hates us. So, <laughs> And, you know, if you, I'll tell you, if you do the hokey pokey with your kids, eventually they'll learn that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. Yeah. I, <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, we, we love you, Sue. We hope you have a wonderful weekend. And, uh, you know, you know, keep us abreast of uh, how your week is going, because I know it was a bad week for you. So hopefully you come back and uh, you're just a, a light of bright energy for us all. Well, it's the, it's the new year starting at sundown. And so hopefully this is going to be a very wonderful new year. Love you, Mama. Happy shout New Year. Shout out to yeah, I got my shofar. Thank you, you got Sue. your show fire. Boys, I love you. I miss seeing you, and thank you for calling. I wasn't even going to answer, but just hearing your voice makes me smile. Mama knows best. Bye, Take Mama. care. Bye. You're wonderful. Bye, guys. Bye. All right. Now, on the Dance Dad podcast, we have – it's not all fun and games. We actually uh, can get serious every now and then, and we have an internal mission that we like to call Helping One Person Every Day Hope. That's right. And last week we had an internal um, challenge for each other that we were going to do something like buying uh, coffee for everyone in the line or, and doing something that had a mass approach to it. So, Paul, challenge is yours. What, what happened? Um, I didn't do the purchase, although I, when I was at the grocery store this week, I was exiting and I saw an elderly woman with a huge basket of groceries uh, full of bags and whatnot, and so I walked up to her, and at first she was a little on guard, I should say. But then I would I, be too if you came up to me the way you look. And then, <laughs> thank you. And then I just said, "Here, can I please help you?" And I started putting the bags in her car. And when I was done, she said she was stunned. She was very surprised that anybody would take the time to do something like that. Did she give you a quarter? Nope. She just <laughs> smiled at me, which was enough. That was so, nice. You but, did the hope. Good but challenge. He, but he failed the challenge. Which was? Buy somebody something in right. line. So you, I did buy some. I bought the guy next to me at the bar a drink. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't count. Okay. Brian, what's up? 
All right, I was at Culver's, and I was in the drive-thru, and they only have one window, so it was easy to do. Um, I could, uh, as the lines pulled forward, I could hear the guy behind me, two cars behind me, and what he ordered, and it wasn't a huge meal, which was great, because I didn't want to have to buy a family of six their dinner. Um, <laughs> That'd be yeah, $250. I know, exactly, exactly. So when I got to the window, I just said, I'd like to get the guy in the red car, I'd like to purchase his meal as well. And it was really fun, because I pulled forward, I pulled around the building, and I parked in a parking lot across, just to kind of see what he would do when he drove around. And he, you know, you're not paying attention to two cars in front of you. You don't know what kind of car it is. So as I sat there and he came around, I could see that he was driving around the building, kind of looking around, trying to figure out who it was. And it just was kind of a cool thing to, you know, you felt good about it. You didn't get any reward from it. It was great. It was very fun. Love that. That's awesome. Uh, I was in the grocery store myself and there was a, you know, the self-checkout stand, right? So there's like six people, you know, you're checking your own, your own groceries out yourself. And there was a mother and her daughter right next to me. And she might've been eight or nine, something like that by the looks of her. And, uh, she had this book that she wanted and the mom's, you know, ringing everything up or whatever. And she gets to the book and she's like, honey, we have to put that back. We, we can't get that today. And so I just listened for a second. I was like, is this like a discipline thing? Like I'm, you're spoiled and I don't want to do it. And she said, honey, I just don't have enough money to buy that today. We'll have to wait till next week. And so I just looked at her and I said, I would love to buy it if you don't mind. And she, same kind of thing. She was like looking at me like, who the hell are you? Like, why are you That's paying cool. attention to me kind of thing? And, and eventually she said yes. And um, so I asked the little girl, I said, you want to come over and scan it in? Because I was finishing up my groceries and she did. And she just looked at me and she said, thanks so much, mister. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty cute. <laughs> nice pretty work. Sure, nice work. <laughs> so How about you, Chris? My hope segment uh, is I was at a restaurant called Casa Mariachi, which is in Parker. And there's this lady who is uh, sitting there all by herself. And I don't know, she, she was looking around at different families engaging with each other, kind of half smiling a little bit and looked like she'd get introspective a little. And, you know, I didn't know what her story was at all. I just told the waitress, hey, whatever she's having, just put it on my tab. Don't tell her where it came from or anything. And uh, we left, and and I'm hoping that that meal was paid for. Um, and uh, I don't know, it just... It, the karma that comes back to anyone that does something Absolutely. like that is, is tenfold. So. I do have one other quick story. Yeah. Somebody put this on Facebook. I won't say who it was, but I thought it was hilarious. They were they cut somebody off getting into the get into the drive through, and the person behind them, you know, they didn't even they weren't even where they did it. The person behind them laid on their horn, was flipping them off and everything. They got to the window and they felt really bad. So um, when they first window, when she said she said I'd like to buy this guy behind me, I'd like to buy his food for him. And they went okay, pulled up the second window. Took her to, and got the receipt, by the way. Pulled up the second window, got the food, showed the receipt to the clerk who said, give me the second meal and uh, I'll deliver it to him. And the clerk gave him both cars worth of meals. And as the person pulled that, so the person now knows that the person in front of them has just bought their food. And so they were apologizing, waving, saying, you know, sorry, that kind of thing. So as they pulled out with both sets of food, she drove back by, flipped them off, kept their food, and drove on. <laughs> oh, man. No way. Helping one person. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure that's part of who. Yeah. I just thought it was a funny story. Okay, so I do have a challenge for y'all next week. So, and uh, nice job on all your challenge work this week for Hope. This week, I'd like to challenge you to reach out to one person that is not in your family, some person that you don't even know. It could be someone at a restaurant, at a gas station, um, you know, someone, a telemarketer or whatever it is. And I would love for you to tell that person how good they are at their job. 
And even so much so that even on Facebook, if you can, or social media, even see if you can get them on video or shout them out online just to make them feel good. Because as you know, there's a lot of negative energy going on right now. People need um, need to be lifted up. And let's do our part in terms of lifting them up this Great week. challenge. I like that one. So right. can we make it part of, uh, say, it's some sort of business that we're going to do business with this week, grocery sure. store, restaurant, whatever, so yep. that we can tag it yeah. in a Facebook post? Yep, exactly. And also for our listeners out there, we want you to engage in a Hope Challenge as well. So please tell us someone that you're going to shout out this week so you can uh, share with us on the Dance Dad Podcast how you made them feel good. And this is my most unfavorite part of the show. It's the Dance Dad topic with our special guest, Mr. Paul Dwyer. Paul, please enlighten us with some amazing dad dance humor. Well, I have a theme. This week it's elephants. Okay. So, Brian, what kind of elephants live at the North Pole? I don't know. Elphafins. What? Elphafins? Elphafins. You know, elf. Elf. Okay, keep on going, please. Let's get this thing Clint, <laughs> what do you get when you cross an elephant with peanut butter? An elephant that sticks to the roof of your mouth. <laughs> One Chris, more, please. Chris, I got to be honest with you. I don't have another elephant joke because I was just reading in the paper that there was a terrible explosion in France at a cheese factory. Really? Debris was everywhere. Jeez. <laughs> There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The, the dad joke we frenzy. Gotta, this segment needs to be gone. <laughs> Mr. Paul Dwyer. I killed myself. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our Dad Dance Podcast. Make sure you tune in next week where we talk about even more amazing dad dance uh, topics. Gentlemen, Clint, Paul, Brian, Angie, we want to thank you. Yeah, and Randy's s- missing, but he'll be here normally. Oh, good, good, good. We'll have Randy next week. And, of course, our Mama Knows Best, Sue Leeser. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Hey, and guess what? We couldn't do this without you guys listening, so thanks for tuning in. If you have topic ideas, questions, or shout-outs that you would like featured on a future show, please email us at dancedadpodcast at gmail.com. You can listen to all of our episodes and leave us messages at anchor.fm slash dance dad. And to learn more about the dance dads and see what they're really up to, head over to www.facebook.com slash dance dad podcast. And don't forget to post about your own weekly hope missions, H-O-P-E, help one person every day. Chance to make a difference for the whole wide world. It's the time and place. Ain't got time to waste. We wanna make the community a better place. We wanna do our best. We ain't trying to flex. We just wanna make a difference. Put your mind to rest. Denver, Vegas, Orlando. Sit down, we about to start, start the show. Everybody's talking and the word is spreading fast. Yeah, it's time to listen to Dance Dad Podcast. Dance Dad Podcast. Dance that podcast. Dance that.